This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. And from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City, I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports. I've been here on the radio now for 27 years in the Kansas City area, the last 17 here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Look forward to doing this show with you every Sunday and throughout the country as we're now syndicated in different parts of the country at different times throughout the week. Love doing this show because we talk about your mind. We talk about attitudes. We talk about sportsmanship. We talk about the coach-parent relationship. We talk about concentration, preparation, how you build or destroy self-confidence. And I take your calls. I've been privileged enough to be in my 38th year of work as a sports psychologist. I've had the honor and privilege to work with so many great people throughout my career. I've spent time as the Olympic team psychologist back in the 80s with our cycling team, worked for professional teams, worked for collegiate teams, spent a lot of time working with a lot of youth athletes high school athletes, and we talk about you. We talk about developing your mind, getting you in the right mindset, the right attitude, the right focus to be the best you can be. You know, and every week I bring up a topic on this show that I think will be of interest. Last week we had the uh, great interview with Murphy Grant, the assistant or the associate uh, athletic director uh, for sports medicine at the University of Kansas. It's a great interview with Murphy, and you can listen to our our interviews on our podcasts here at Sports Radio 810 WHB are also on my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. And he talked about training athletes, injuries, and things like that. It was a really good show. And I'd encourage you, if you have a young athlete, you're concerned about their physical well-being as well, go listen to that podcast. As I said, I try to bring up a topic each week that I think will be of interest. And one of the things that pops up all the time in my practice, when I give talks, and in conversations, is the issue of self-confidence. You know, confidence is, is like the wind. It can go one way or the other, depending on a lot of different things. And throughout my many years of work, it seems to be the common denominator when an athlete comes into my office for whatever the reason, whether it's an issue with their focusing an issue with their performance, an issue with their attitude, an issue in a relationship, it, it, it all comes back to confidence. So I thought today we could get into the topic of self-confidence, talk about it, discuss it, and get some calls in here to get some conversations going. And you know, when I look at confidence, I've said this many times on this show, do you have to be confident to be successful or do you have to be successful to be confident? Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? 
confidence or success? Well, I think you need them both. But I think if you're confident first and confidence is your foundation, you have a much greater chance to succeed. What is confidence? Basically, it means believing in yourself and your abilities and your skills and your talents and not being afraid to screw up, not being afraid to fail. And that's one of the key things that I have found with the athletes who've made it to the top, whether it's an Olympic athlete, a professional athlete, a collegiate athlete. The ones who survive, the ones who are really good, do not have a fear of failing. They don't like it. They don't want to do it. It ticks them off when they fail, but they're not afraid. And they're not afraid to fail because they know it's going to happen. You know, one of the things that I get all the time in my office when I see high school athletes especially, I will ask them, are you a perfectionist? And about 80 to 90% of them tell me they are. Then I'll ask them, okay, if you're a perfectionist in your lifetime, who, who, who have you met who's perfect? And they'll sort of look at me smiling, well, well nobody. And my response is, okay, so you're a perfectionist, you're trying to be perfect, but you've never met anybody who is. And a lot of them will sort of look at me and then smile and go, well, I guess that's pretty dumb, isn't it? I go, no, it's not dumb. But I think you set yourself up for failure when you put yourself in that situation because you're trying to be perfect and you're not gonna be perfect and then you're gonna beat yourself up. And then you get down on yourself. You know that the whole issue of self-confidence and success and failure fit together. And what I have found is that if you become confident in whatever discipline you, you're in, if sports or any type of work, you will find that when you screw up, when you fail, when you make mistakes, you're not gonna like it, but it's gonna be okay because you know it's part of what's going on. You know, in sports, we all fail. You know, I'll ask a tennis player, when was the last time you won a match, six love, six love, and didn't lose a point? You know, usually it's never. When's the last time, you know, you, you had a perfect round of golf or you made every shot in your basketball game or, you know, you went five for five in the baseball game and, and got a home run every time. It, it, these things rarely happen. So confidence is, is, in my opinion, understanding failure. And understanding failure starts, I believe, with youth sports. You know, we talk a lot on this show about the whole topic of youth sports and the discipline of youth sports. And one of the things that concerns me about young athletes today is that there is a lot of emphasis, a lot of pressure on them to quote unquote win, to be the best to succeed and where's the fun part of it go? Where, where does having fun fit into that? Well, to me, having fun should be what it should all be about, quite frankly, for young athletes. It shouldn't really be about winning and losing. It should be about learning fundamentals and skills. And what I'm finding now more and more with the athletes I work with at the high school and collegiate level, especially, and even some at the professional level, is they don't understand failure very well. They didn't fail very very much. When they did, they were criticized, they were condescended, they were insulted. And I think teaching failure in sports is something you should encourage athletes to understand and learn and not be scared of. 
All right, we're going to open up our phone lines here in a moment. I want to get some calls in here today. I want to find out from you, if you're a coach, and I don't care what level you coach at, how do you teach confidence to your athletes? How do you get them to become more confident? What do you say to them? What do you do with them to encourage them to build their confidence? When they have failed and when they screw up, how do you help them overcome that? How do you not let that become a barrier, an obstacle, something that ends up becoming so huge in their mind that they can't succeed? I would like to hear from if you're a coach, how do you teach your athletes to build their confidence? How do you help them overcome negativity? If you are an athlete and you've played sports, you're playing sports now, you're a soccer player, a basketball player, football player, whatever it might be, how do you handle failure and how does that affect your confidence? Does it become something that overloads you, that becomes a a tremendous obstacle and you can't get over it? Because to me, confidence is the foundation of success. It's it's, It's the foundation of how we accomplish our goals. I want to hear from you if you're a coach. I want to hear from you if you're an athlete. I want to hear from you if you're a parent. How do you get these young athletes to succeed and learn to fail? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week on the Sports Psychology Hour, and we talk about different topics on this show each week, and today I'm talking about the issue of self-confidence. How do you build it? How do you destroy it? If you're an athlete, what do you have to do to have that confidence to succeed? I think one of the key things for young athletes is learning, as I said earlier in our beginning of the show, in the monologue, about failure. Learning to deal with failure, learning to understand it and to not be afraid of it. I see so many athletes, and I have throughout my 38 years of work, who will come in and they're afraid to fail. They're scared to let their coaches down, their parents down, their teammates down, the fans down. They're afraid if they screw over, they lose. They're going to be insulted, integrated, made fun of, picked on. And so they become afraid to do it to the point that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. They end up failing because they're so afraid of it, it happens. So what do you do as a coach? I want to open up our phone lines, get some calls in here. If you're a coach and you have an athlete or your team that seems to fail on a consistent basis, what do you say to them? How do you work them through that? like to hear from you as a coach, what do you say to your athletes to help them overcome that? How do you coach negativity? How do you coach overcoming negativity? I just gave a speech this past week to a group of coaches and asked the question, what's one of the biggest problems you've got dealing with young athletes? What do you think they said? Parents. Parents. Parents become a big obstacle because of the expectations parents put on their kids, the pressure they put on their kids, the demands they put on their kids. 
And oftentimes, they're not accomplishing what they want. So consequently, the parents get upset at the coach, and the coach gets upset at the parents, and it becomes this cycle of negativity. If you're a coach, I'd like to hear from you. How do you coach confidence? How do you build confidence in your athletes? What do you say to them? How do you help them overcome their fear of failure? How do you help them deal with the negativity that goes on? You know, to me, learning at a young age that failure is part of sport and not to be afraid of it becomes a major part of the success. And as I've said so many times already on the show today, learning to overcome failure is important. So what do you do to do that? What do you have to do to not be afraid to fail? Well, first thing, when you're learning skills, start slow. You know, it's like I work with all these golfers, and one of the things I'll ask them is, when you go to the putting green, practice your putting, where do you typically put the ball down? A lot of people say, oh, 10, 15 feet away from the cup. I go, no, put it a couple inches away, tap it in, then move it back to about four or five inches, then, then say a foot, and maybe a foot and a half. Gradually build up your confidence by, you know, success at shorter distances, and it'll help you. It makes a big difference. So starting off easy is important. Focus on trying to do the best you can. That's another aspect of building confidence. You know, what's it going to take to do the best you can today? Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're sore. Maybe you're coming off an injury. So don't put such high expectations on yourself. That's another thing that I find with a lot of people who have trouble building their confidence is the expectations that are placed on them are often high, oftentimes by parents. And then there's this fear of failure as we go back to overcoming that. A lot of people are have a fear of success. And what's a fear of success? Well, your coach tells you you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And then eventually you do it, and then they tell you, see, you did it, now do better the next time. And so a lot of people are afraid of doing that as well. So there's a lot of combinations of things that can go on that can affect your confidence. So let's get some calls in here. No one's called up yet this morning. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. As I said, what do you do to build the confidence of your team, of your individual athletes? If you're an athlete, and you fail or you're screwing up or you're, you're not succeeding, how does that affect your confidence and how do you get it to get better? What do you have to do to build that confidence to make it become more positive, more productive for you? I want to hear from you if you're an athlete. If you're a parent, you know, we always get parents calling this show with questions about their kids and building their confidence. If you're a parent and your son or daughter's failing, they're not doing well, they're screwing up in their game, and their competition. How do you help them get through that? You know, you need to be the support system. You need to be the encourager. You need to be the, be the one who is going to help them out with that. So we're getting some calls in here. Let's see what you say. Want to hear from you if you're a coach. Want to hear from you if you're an athlete. Want to hear from you if, if you're a parent. This whole issue of self-confidence to me is the foundation. I talk about four key words when I work with teams. Preparation, focus, attitude, confidence. Starts with how you get prepared. That affects how you concentrate. That affects your attitude. And in the end, it all ends up affecting your confidence, which is the foundation of everything. So confidence is the key. 
All right, let's go to our first caller today. Let's see what Craig has to say. Craig, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you this morning? Great. Thanks for calling in. No problem. So tell me what's on your mind. Well, I think one of the things about coaching kids is it's a learning experience, I think, with the kids and their parents that they have to fail because if they don't fail, they're not going to get better. I agree 100 percent. But what's but, okay. but, but what's the problem with that, though? Well, the problem with that is if they if especially when a parent says, well, my daughter's a perfectionist. And I go, oh, boy, here we go, because they don't like to fail because they've been rewarded for bringing home perfect scores. Do you and coach? Do you coach? Athletics, it's not about a perfect score. You're correct. Do you coach? I coach. I coach uh, kids volleyball. Okay, so when you've got a parent who's expecting perfection and gets upset when their daughter doesn't succeed, what do you tell them? So what I talk to them about is here. Here's what I like to do. I like to put it into terms of riding a bicycle, and I'll ask the kids and the parents, "How many of you know how to ride a bicycle?" And well, all of them do. But did you ever fall? And what happened when you fell? Well, I got back on the bicycle. Exactly. And so that's what we, we have to. I, I heard a line one time that I really like. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, very much so. Very much so. So, so that's kind of a direction I have is, is I, I tell parents if, a, if, if your daughter gets out of practice and she says, wow, I just had a great practice. She wasn't trying enough advanced skills. She wasn't getting out of her box. Well, failure is part of everything we do, and, and not being afraid of it becomes the key to being successful with it. Sounds exactly. like you've got that approach. Listen, Craig, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good day. You know, that's a great comment there, and, and that's what coaching is about. All right, I want to hear from you. If you're a coach just like Craig, if you're an athlete, you're a parent, how do you build confidence? How do you destroy it? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show, and today's topic is the issue of self-confidence. Just had a really good call from Craig, who coaches volleyball, about building confidence in your athletes. And what do you do to have your confidence destroyed? How does confidence get impacted negatively negative self-talk yelling screaming criticizing cutting down one of the things that i see with a lot of the young athletes that i work with who are in middle school as they move into the high school level a lot of them that i talk to come in my office will have had a coach 
at some place along the way who got angry at them for screwing up. Would yell or scream or degrade them, curse them out, cut them down for screwing up. And so what happens is instead of learning from that, they become afraid to screw up. And then as they become afraid to screw up, they screw up more because that's more in their head. So I think confidence is one of these things that can be built by realistic coaching. What I call realistic coaching means if you screw up, you talk about it, you address it, you work on it, you try to improve it. Yelling and screaming at somebody does no good, especially for a young athlete. You know, a few years ago, I remember the Packers and the Seahawks were in the playoffs. It was a close game. The Packers had been way ahead, and the Seahawks were coming back. It was in Seattle, and Seattle did it, had just scored, and they did an onside kick. And the kick went through the hands and off the helmet of one of the guys on Green Bay's team, special team. So he was a tight end, reserve tight end, missed the ball. Seattle recovered. Seattle went on to win. Well, there was still less than two minutes left in the game. He went off to the sideline, and they showed the special teams coach, ripped off his headset, kicked it, and went over and just spewing who knows what into this guy's face. This guy's just sitting there with his head in his hands. The coach is screaming and yelling at him. Several players came over and pushed the coach aside. And were patting him on the back, trying to reinforce him. Well, guess what? There was, there was still couple minutes left in the game and he was back on the field two more times where was his head at when he came back on the field I guarantee you he wasn't in a good place and so I think yeah I I get it did he intentionally try to miss that ball and screw up no so screaming and yelling and all that did no good now a lot of people say come on doc that's an NFL player he can take it he's supposed to be get those balls well you know what that's why you play the game. You know, you're going to see what's going to happen. He screwed up. But screaming and yelling at him, in my opinion, did him no good. And I see that happen in, in youth sports videos all the time, high school videos all the time, where an athlete screws up, and then the coach will slam their clipboard down, kick something, yell, glare at the athlete. Well, did they do that on purpose? I'm saying 99 out of 100 times, probably not. There's probably one or two times out there where somebody does do it on purpose because they're so ticked off at somebody. So what does that do to you if your coach gets angry at you for screwing up? So I want to hear from somebody out there who's had a coach get angry at them for making a mistake before. When you've screwed up in your sporting performance in your game, have you ever had a coach get upset at you? And how did you react back to that? You know, coaches expect perfection. Is there anything wrong with that? No. Coaches expect your athletes to do it right. That doesn't mean you're going to. And as I said earlier, no one's perfect, so you're going to screw up. So the question comes down to, how will you handle that? How do you build confidence in an athlete? If you're a coach, how do you build it? And if you're an athlete and your confidence has been destroyed or hurt or ruined by a negative coach in your past or right now, I'd like to hear from you as well. And if you coach... And you question maybe sometimes how you want to motivate your athletes. Do you use fear? Is fear a motivational tactic that you use that helps you become successful? Do you find that fear is what you need to do to motivate your athletes? Does it help? 
throughout the years, I've worked with so many great coaches. And you know what? When they have the trust of the athlete, when the coach-athlete relationship is strong enough that they have the trust of that athlete, they can use fear as a motivational tactic because that athlete knows, you know what, I trust him. I trust her. She's trying to motivate me. But when that trust isn't there, doesn't work. So I'd like to hear, are you a coach who uses fear? Do you try to motivate athletes through fear or negativity? Does that work? Is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? And if you're an athlete who's had a coach who condescends them or insults them, what does that do? I have a young man I've been working with who's a high school soccer player. He had a coach who, quite frankly, I have very little respect for, who insults players all the time. He thinks that's the way to get them motivated. And you know what? I don't agree with that. Now, this guy's won some state championships before, but his ego is bigger than the athletes. So it all becomes about him. It all comes down to what he wants. And he will insult athletes because that's what he thinks it's all about. You know, I have a, good, I have a saying I've used for years, a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. So I'm going to get some calls in here and see what you have to say. Let's go to the phone and see what Josh has to say. Josh, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Get your uh, comments this morning. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm a pretty young coach. I'm like 24 years old, but I coach soccer. I was doing high school soccer this, this past fall, my previous high school. And then I also coach um, young ones, uh, like nine, eight, nine years old or whatnot. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, based off what you heard, I mean, the high school I was coaching at, and hopefully he's not listening you know, I really like his coaching style, the, the head varsity coach, but his style is definitely more, you know, he's more quick to point out what you did wrong first. Well, maybe he should be listening, well. Josh. Say again? Maybe he should be listening to this show then. Well, yeah, maybe, but like I said, I'm not, I'm not here to talk about it. It's just my observation is what I'm saying. Because there's two different styles. I think, you know, some of the kids did respond well to, you know, his raw, raw, you know, hardcore style. But sometimes I would see kids come off the field, you know, they would do something well, but he's just quicker to point out, hey, you did this wrong, instead of saying, like, hey, you did this really well, but you did this, you know, where you could have done something a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Well, let me, ask, so this, let let me ask you this, Josh. I, I have a saying, a good coach is a good psychologist, a bad coach needs a sports psychologist. Would you say this right. guy understands psychologically his athletes very well, or not really? Well, well, what I would say too is, you know, we had a really good season in terms of like record. We were sixteen and five. That's but pretty towards good. The end of the season, yeah, but towards the end of the season, you wouldn't if you were just to watch us play, you wouldn't say that's a sixteen and five team. They're like, man, because we just struggled up in the the ball in the back of the net. But you know, we went through the stretch and we just couldn't score goals. And so at halftime, the speeches were, you know, come on, like real angry. Even like it got from me too. I was getting really upset too. But then just based off their body language of the players and whatnot, you know, me, the assistant coach and the varsity coach, we sat down and we talked after a game. I was like, man, I don't, I don't think they're responding. You know, it might have worked for us when we were playing back then, but the way these kids are now, they're just not responding. Did he, did he change his tactics around then? Yeah, and so, but, so going forward, you know, because the thing was we weren't playing bad. And so he did change his tone. To, and I could see the confidence in the players. You know, at the next halftime, same thing happened. We couldn't score a goal to save our lives, but the tone of the even the halftime had changed. Well, and so the confidence. Well, it, look, the confidence was better, which doesn't always mean you're going to succeed. 
but the play no. was better, and that's what you're saying. Right. Well, so, I mean, and I that's well. So you know what, Josh? That's good that you spoke with him. That's good that you had that conversation, and that probably ho- hopefully taught him something for the future. Because, like I said, it, when you're coaching kids, especially high school kids, you've got to be able to understand their mindset. Listen, Josh, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Good luck coaching. You know, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. How do you build confidence? How do you destroy it? And this is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. We're now being syndicated around the country and several stations all over the country. And our, uh, I'm excited to know we keep growing. We've just uh, obtained a new station in New Mexico, and we're growing each week. And I've uh, been on the radio for 27 years and really look forward to doing this show each week because we get into different topics. And, you know, I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will come out on top. So what is a stronger mind? What does it mean to have a stronger mind? Today's topic is this whole issue of self-confidence. And I don't care what sport you play. I don't care if you're male or female. I don't care if you're professional, Olympian, collegiate, high school, youth sport athlete, individual, team sport, doesn't matter. You've got to have a strong level of self-confidence. How do you build that confidence? You know, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes obviously has displayed tremendous self-confidence this season. The Chiefs, and they're playing great football. And you watch this young man play. And, and you wonder, where did, where did he get this confidence? He's obviously extremely talented physically. But from everything I've read, he comes from a very strong family. Of course, his father's an ex-professional Major League Baseball player. But very supportive parents, very positive parents, good teachers. And last year, he had the experience to sit behind Alex Smith, who was the best quarterback in the NFL last year, who... And you have to give Alex Smith tremendous uh, compliments for the way he handled last year. He knew here's their their drafting a quarterback of the future. My time in Kansas City is probably limited. So instead of being bitter and angry, he he took Mahomes from everything I've heard under his belt, taught him everything he knew, and helped him become better. That's called checking your ego at the door. Now, great coaches check their egos at the door too yes they everybody has an ego but it's not about them it's about the players and if you want to build your players confidence if you want them to get better i think you have to be a support system you have to be reinforcing you have to be straightforward you have to be honest you don't sugarcoat everything you don't always sit there and oh great that's great that's great when you feel oh that's great don't worry about it no why did you fail why did you strike out there what did you do i when my kids were younger, they're now 28 and 27, I can recall so many scenarios watching them play baseball, basketball, soccer, and my younger son swam until his senior year in college. And I watched so many coaches at youth sports games who were tremendously positive coaches, and I watched so many coaches who were just jerks. 
You know, I saw coaches scream and yell at kids, lose their cool because a, a young man or girl screwed up. And then I saw coaches who would pull these kids aside when they screwed up, get down, look them in the eye, explain what they did wrong, and coach them. You know, confidence is this belief that you can do it. And in order to be able to have that strong level of self-confidence, you have to understand failure. And in order to understand failure, you can't be afraid of it. You cannot be afraid to fail. Because if you do, you have an internal barrier in your mind that holds you back. What is failure? Is it not being perfect? Is it screwing up all the time? Is it making a mistake? What is failure? When I talk to the athletes come in my office, I say, failure is life. Failure is is life because you screw up. Everyone screws up. At some point every day, we make a mistake about something. We say something wrong. We may have done something wrong. But how do you learn from it? How do you grow from it? I'm a very strong believer in my 38 years of work in this profession as a sports psychologist that we don't teach kids today how to fail like we used to. It's sugar-coated, it's avoided, or it's, it's, it's degraded instead of being coached. Coaching failure means when a young child screws up, you don't make a big deal about it, but you talk with them about why they made the mistake and how they can improve on it the next time. Instead of getting emotional and hostile and derogatory, you coach them, you talk to them, you communicate with them. And I think that's what enables success. That's how you teach success. And that's how you build confidence. All right, we have plenty of time left to get a call in here. If you want to call in if you're a coach, and this is an issue you've got working with kids, or you're an athlete and your confidence isn't where it should be. You know, to me, as I said earlier, if you build confidence and you have a strong foundation of confidence, you have that because you weren't taught that failure is bad. You weren't taught to be scared of it. You know, I've mentioned several times in the past the book that I co-wrote with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone called Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports. Our third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. I just showed it yesterday to a a pole vaulter in my office, a female collegiate pole vaulter, because we were talking about being afraid to run down and plant that pole and go up because she's got some fears. Failure and screwing up is going to happen. So instead of letting it build and build and build and overcome you, how do you overcome it? I think it starts at a young age with not being scared to make a mistake. You know, as we said, one of our callers said earlier, you fall off a bike, what do you do? You get back up on it. You know, if you fall off your bike and you don't get back up on it, this barrier builds and you become scared to ride again. I work with a lot of a lot of equestrian riders who'll get thrown or fall. And assuming they're not hurt too badly, they try to get right back up. And if they are hurt badly when they get well enough, they get back up right away. What sport you play is irrelevant. What level you play is irrelevant. You will screw up. And learning to deal with that is important. You know, why do slumps happen? Why do people get caught up and immersed in slumps? Because they start failing and they fail more and they fail more and then they're so caught up in that they can't see the forest behind the trees. 
They're so caught up in the negativity that they can't figure out or see the big picture. So to really be successful, to really be able to accomplish your goals, you have to learn that confidence is something that may come and go, but the foundation of it's always there. And I think the really good athletes, the ones who make it to the professional level, the collegiate level, the Olympic level, they have learned, they have learned that it is okay to screw up. It's going to happen, and I'm going to use that as a motivator to come back harder the next time. I'm going to use that as a confidence builder to be better the next time. But there are, they also ask themselves, well, why did I fail? Why did I screw up? There's a very prominent baseball player I worked with for years, relief pitcher. And name's Tom Gordon. Talked about it on this show many times. Flash had the major league record for 54 saves in a row till it was broken by Eric Gagne when he pitched with the Red Sox. 54 saves in a row. We talked almost every day. And we got into a routine. He had a mindset. There were games where he'd struggle a little bit, but he'd focus on throwing the next pitch, the next pitch, the next pitch called TNP. If he threw a bad pitch, he didn't let it get to him. 54 saves in a row he had. And a lot of that he told me was because his confidence was strong enough that he wasn't afraid to screw up. He wasn't afraid to make a mistake. He wasn't afraid if things went bad because he knew he could come back the next time. He didn't let it become something that he concentrated and dwelled on. He focused on the next pitch. And throughout my career with all these athletes I've worked with at the highest levels, they've had the ability to understand, hey, I'm going to screw up. It's okay. It's part of it. I don't like it. I don't want it, but I know it's going to happen. They're not afraid. So as a young coach today, if you're coaching kids, teach them about failure. Teach them about screwing up. Teach them not to be afraid of it but to embrace it, to learn from it, and to grow from it. If you do, I can almost assure you they will get better, you'll be a better coach, and your relationship will improve dramatically. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. Our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. There are a lot of ways to get a hold of me. You can contact me through my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. You can follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ Sports Psych, at DRJ SPRT PSYCH. You can give me a call in my office at 816-561-5556. I give speeches and talks on these topics all the time. You can listen to the podcast of our show here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Go to additional programming and find it on there. You can also find it on my Twitter account or my website, all the shows are podcasted there. In fact, we've got shows podcasted back from 2014. I love doing this show with you every week. Hope you have a great week. Look forward to talking to you next week. From our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City, this is the Sports Psychology Hour. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com.